Hey everybody, this is Anya. Before we jump to this episode, I just want to let you know that we have some noises in the intro and the ending of this episode. It's a city of Chicago for you, summer in the city. Um, I was recording uh, this episode outside for a change and we cannot remove those noises. So um, I hope you don't mind and still can enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, this is Anya in the Good Company Podcast. Today things are a little bit different than usual. Um, You know, I usually like to bring guests that I know for a while, at least know them from the Instagram, we have some conversations, I observe them for a minute. Um, because I want to, you know, I want to uh, kind of bring to you people that I somehow know and uh, and uh, that are inspiring me, inspiring me. Um, but today I uh, did something different, which is um, I invited Marisa uh, Chef uh, here. She's a founder of Sock Footage. And there's something uh, about Marisa's story and the story of her company that really intrigued me. And I just decided to, without, you know, diving really deep into her story and company initially, I just uh, briefly heard about her and, and what she does and was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I want to have Marisa on. I want to talk to her. I want to interview her and, and bring you her story and her company story, Socks for footage um, up here and gosh I was right Um, here's my conversation with Marisa chef she is the founder of sock footage You know, I usually invite people that I know a little bit and, and follow for a longer time on Instagram. But um, but you reach out to me and I read about you and what you are guys doing, you are doing with your company. And I love it so much that I was like, you know what, let's chat about it. And I want to hear even more about it personally from you and um, and uh, uh, share with everybody else. So welcome, Marisa, chef. Uh, I said it correctly. Yep. We're just talking about if I'm not going to scrub last mm. name because I'm the worst about it. Um, you are the founder of Soft Footage. That's right. And um, amazing company, amazing mission. But before we go there, Marisa, just because we don't know each other well doesn't mean that the rules don't apply. Um, usually when I have somebody here on my podcast, I ask them first question, which is kind of like a delicate icebreaker sure. <laughs> which is not very delicate because we're going deep right away but I'm always curious about um, some kind of maybe um, childhood experience um, that you went through that really shaped you informed you or shaped what maybe you're doing now or you know it can be positive or negative I heard all sure. kinds of stories but there's just something beautiful and, and icebreaking with, with sharing uh, some experiences from childhood or early adolescence that really um uh, uh, like i said maybe shaped and 
transform you who, who, who you are now? Yeah, for sure. Um, so thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, yes, there are two sort of um, childhood memories that stick out in my mind as having had an impact on me significantly to bring me to where I am today. Uh, the first is my grandfather, who is still alive. He's 94. God bless him. He is a Holocaust survivor, and he was, when he first came to Canada, um, he just started his own business right off the ground, and uh, he was, basically him and a friend of his decided to go to all the different fashion clothing manufacturers around Montreal, uh -huh. to collect scrap fabrics, and put them in bags and sell them, and oh. he made, um, money from selling scraps of fabric enough to then be able to purchase his first taxi and he became a taxi driver and essentially he was an entrepreneur his entire life uh -huh. from from when he moved to Canada initially to even till now um, he always worked for himself which I was really um, proud of but also inspired by um, mm -hmm. because he was always his own boss he was always flexible made his own hours but he worked really really hard um, and you could tell that he was really passionate about it even to this day at 94 years old he goes into the office from nine to five so, no way. so he's always been like a really great example of hard work persistence and he's been sort of my inspiration to you know go on this entrepreneurship journey because it's not an easy one that's for sure tell me um, about it and then the second piece is my parents actually were very good at modeling being charitable from when I was very young. They always got involved in different community initiatives. And um, that was really um, a great example for, for me growing up, um, something that I took with me into my uh, sort of adult years. Uh, I wish that I had started sooner in terms of volunteering and things like that. And I always say that when I talk to younger audiences, um, because I think it really taught me a lot of different skills, but also it taught me empathy and compassion, which I think are just two really important things. Mm -hmm. And uh, my parents were always very good at getting involved in community and they, they, they were the example of that for me. And so I carried that through into sock footage. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing those. I think they're both such a beautiful stories. You know, I love stories about grandparents. I grew up with only one grandma. And I think we are losing now with this, you know, like a chase for youngness and, and like uh, really um, uh, focusing on, on young people or being young. We are losing this connection to the older generation and they carry so much wisdom for us. And, and you know, like your grandfather survived such a horrific, horrific uh, time and and you know when to have beautiful fulfilling and successful life and and you know how many stories I got just how many stories is there to probably tell more you know yeah. besides the overall one and your parents you know modeling and showing you uh, this is actually something that I don't know if you have kids but I really uh, uh, make sure that my girls um, understand that you know, that we are all part of the bigger group and society and we are all in some level, wherever you are and whatever you can do, we are responsible for each other. You know, it's not, 
just for yourself and, and you have responsibility because we are a, a group species, you know, like we are, mm-hmm. we, and we have, we have to do that. So I love that story. Thanks so much. Of course, <laughs> you see, yeah. I already know you. I feel like I already know you better. <laughs> okay. So now let's talk about the amazing thing you are doing now, which is, um, uh, sock footage. Tell me, um, you know, what is it all about and how did it start? I love the ideas, you know, where, where the idea came from and how did you really brought it to life? Sure. So um, ever since I graduated from university, I worked in a different, a few different sales uh, oriented positions. And um, my last sort of big job uh, was working for a stock manufacturer here in Toronto. Uh, I was there for five and a half years, and during my time there, I learned that socks were one of the most needed and least donated items to homeless shelters. So most people don't know that, and the reason for that is that most homeless shelters won't accept used socks or underwear when they're taking in donations. Yeah, it's a very personal item, right? Yeah, and so when you think about bringing donations, a lot of the time people are going through their closet at the end of a season, you know, taking out what they don't wear anymore, putting it in a bag and bringing it over to the shelter. They're very rarely thinking, oh, I should go to the store and buy something new. And for that reason, there's always a shortage in the area of socks and underwear. And also, I think if you think about it, the homeless community is on their feet all day long. It's their primary mode of transportation to get them to their next meal, to their next job interview. And so if you only have one pair of socks, you're moving through that pair very quickly, especially here in Toronto with the colder weather in Chicago, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the winters are harsh. Um, foot care is so important for that community. Um, if they have any foot issues and they're not taken care of, they can lead to infection and amputation, God forbid. So. You know, there's a lot of um, importance that should be placed on proper foot care for the homeless community because when you're out on the streets, the conditions are very rough. And, you know, we definitely take for granted the fact that we have full sock drawers and, uh, you know, not everyone has that same luxury. So when I learned that, I wanted to use my skills and relationship from having um, worked in the sock industry to be able to give back. Giving back, as I mentioned, has always been important. It's been ingrained in me since childhood. Um, I volunteered here in Toronto for about five years for what's called the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. It's a hospital here. I'm not um, clinically trained. I was actually volunteering in a library that was in the hospital, playing board games with the patients. So I was there Monday nights, they would come in. It was more just um, the one sort of area in the hospital that didn't feel like a hospital. So people wanted to come in, they wanted to socialize. Mm -hmm. And it was open to the public. So there were lots of people coming in off the streets, even just to get out of the cold. And so I had an opportunity to engage with the homeless community as a result of that volunteer position. And what I took away from that experience was really just that everyone craved connection and conversation. They were coming to feel like they were part of community. They were coming in to rent a book out of the library. They wanted to feel a sense of belonging, which is obviously something that they weren't getting in the outside world. And so for me, Socks was sort of my 
area of expertise for so long that I thought, what an amazing opportunity for me to take what I know and in my small way, give back to that community. And so I started Sock Footage um, just under two years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, essentially, it's a sock company with a one-for-one giving model. So for Mm -hmm. every pair of socks that you buy from us, which Mm -hmm. are all funky men's, ladies, and kids socks. I love the Sirata one. I'm getting different Sirata. I love the Sirata. So fun. It's one of our best sellers. And so um, for every pair that you buy, we give a pair to donate back to the homeless community. And what's different from other brands that have a similar model is that we're actually giving our consumers the opportunity to give face to face. So you can actually have your donation socks ship out with your order to be able to give to someone directly on the street or oh, that's to cool. charity of choice. So, you know, we support other charities um, here in Toronto, but if you're in Chicago, you may have a shelter that you want to support locally. So you can always have your, stock ship out to be able to do that alternatively understanding that not everyone is comfortable with face-to-face giving we wanted to give both options so um, when consumers check out on our site they get a pop-up prompting them to answer how they would like to take care of the donation piece they can either have us donate on their behalf or have their stock ship out with their order to donate mm-hmm. and so For me, it was always important to encourage people to step outside of their comfort zone and give face-to-face because I've witnessed firsthand the impact that it can have on both the giver and the receiver. Um, So I think that that's an important touch point that's sometimes removed from some of the other brands that are out there doing something similar. Um, And I wanted to encourage people to reconnect with community because especially now, after having lived through the pandemic and we're still living through it. um, I think it's increasingly important and we're recognizing the value of connection. And that community is one of the most vulnerable. They've been affected so strongly by all of the lockdowns, all, you know, lack of resources, et cetera, et cetera. So we want to make sure that they're taken care of their brothers and sisters, Mm you know? Um, Yeah. I always, I always picture uh, homeless people as children. For me, anytime I pass them on the street, that's what I see. Because we all started as children with a mother and a father, whether they were present in our lives or not. And at some point, one of us went one way and one of us went the other way. And it was a product of circumstance or environment or lack of support um, that led us on these different paths. But we can't yeah. But they're human just like us so yeah I don't even know where to start because you are bringing so many beautiful points and great points like first of all like what amazing model what amazing story and and um and first of all like you bring something very important through my uh project the good campaign I also volunteered a lot now through because of a pandemic of course it um it was um, cut off a little bit, but I think there is like a very important uh, couple points to bring about the homeless community. I used to go, uh, thanks to my friend and cook in a homeless shelter. Uh, basically, we, as a team, we came in and prep a meal uh, for homeless shelter, and then we all, all ate together. And, you know, the what you're saying is so important that um, this community feels so um, disconnected from everybody else because of this lack of 
home and, and kind of lifestyle that everybody else, everybody, uh, all of us have. And, and uh, you know, we tend to uh, even further disconnect uh, you know, even on the street, because it's uncomfortable. You said that like, some people find it uncomfortable in co- interaction like uh, like that. So it's just really I saw that too. That this um, idea of sitting together, having a meal, and sharing a story, and listening to their stories, and again something else that you brought out that these are people that have an amazing lives, and and sometimes there was a bump in the road, or a sickness, or a sick. Uh, 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 family member, or or some, or or a mental disease, and uh, etc. And and it's just then their road, you know, uh, they hit the bump in the road, and 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 that's how they end up. Uh, homeless uh, but they by the end of the day they like you said they love this metaphor that you see them as a kid as a kid it's like I just always see them as a people with the story you know like I'm a recovering uh, substance abuse uh, person and I never look at anybody who is out there obviously struggling with something like that as a person who is broken and and less than me it's it's just a story of a more sensitive and and person who who like you said, hit some uh, rough patch in life. Um, love this so much. And I love this idea that you provide opportunity to or give yourself or, 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 or send it uh, through you guys. And also one other thing is what I learned when I was volunteering, the same thing as you, that sometimes we just like, oh, I'm going to donate everything that I don't need from my closet, which I do. I have an organization that I know that really benefits, that they have a shop kind of, you know, people come there and kind of shop for free. Yeah. Uh, so I donate there because I know that they need all kind of stuff. But what I learned is now, uh, you know, I have friends who prepare with their kids stuff, which I love, you know, sandwiches for homeless or whatnot. But I literally re- learned that now when I want to help, I call the organization and I ask, guys, what do you need? Yeah. Because like one has a homeless shelter I work with, I never knew. They're like, you know what, we are always short on cleaning supplies mm-hmm. like we really need anything clean kitchen clean bathroom like we are always short on that shampoos like how would I that not know that if I didn't yeah. ask you yeah. know for sure and again Chicago here um we used to live in a different neighborhoods and we had this uh twin brothers who always uh you know ask for money on the street and we always give them and I was like hey what else do you need do you need anything else and he's like you know what it's going to be winter I need warm shoes and you know instead of giving whatever five bags like you are a target or whatever just grab the shoes and 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 that will be actually something that will really serve because that's the what the person needed for sure it's it's so important to do that i'm so glad that you're doing that i think most people don't even think to do that. Um, you know, a lot of the uh, shelters that I work with get like evening gowns and things like that. It's like, okay, well, that's not the most convenient and it's not what's needed. So yeah, you're so right to say, like ask for what's needed. The other thing I think that's important in this process is, um, you know, I heard a really crazy statistic on the radio and I always share it with everyone I talk to and that's that homeless people on average only hear their names four times a year. And I say that because I think that even just taking the time when you're passing someone on the streets 
even if you don't want to give anything, I, I personally have always made the choice not to give money. Um, I'd rather give gift cards or buy them something from the store directly or food or socks. Um, but even just going and asking someone what their name is and introducing yourself humanizes the experience and makes people understand that they are visible and they are worthy of attention and love, which is something that that community is severely deprived of. And, you know, that statistic really just says it all. And anytime that I share that with people, I feel that they are more open to doing the face-to-face -face giving, um, which I think I understand can be extremely intimidating, but I think once you do it, you have this amazing feel-good moment mm -hmm. and it makes you want to continue to give. And that's really the key is that domino effect of giving just as an example. So early on, someone had purchased socks off of my website and they decided to have the donation socks shipped out with their order. They wanted to hand them out with their kids. Uh, this particular person had two boys. They were five and seven years old. So she decided around the holidays she was going to go out with her kids and give them out directly. And they had such an amazing experience that the kids wanted to do something else. And so they separately organized an initiative in their neighborhood where they collected everything from deodorant to toothbrush, toothpaste, all the kind of supplies, shampoos, conditioners. And they were able to collect uh, enough supplies to create 120 care packages then, that they then as a community went out to give face-to-face. -face. So yeah. because of that one experience, it sort of created this domino effect uh, that's what it's all about for me is that mm -hmm. opening people's eyes to the opportunities and opening people's eyes to the stories. As you said, everyone's got a story. And once you have that story or you, it's shared with you, it gives you such a different perspective. There's such, so much stigma associated with addiction, mental health, homelessness. And if we really take the time to learn someone's story, first of all, it removes that stigma but also it gives us that empathy or compassion to really listen and understand why that person has ended up where they've ended up and how can we help them lift them up and get them out of that situation. And sometimes it's all, all these little acts of kindness, even just asking someone their name, you know, it can trigger something like, hey, I am worth it. I, you know, this person has seen me. They're talking to me. They want to help me. Maybe I should help myself. Maybe I should do this and get myself off the street. So you never know what those little moments yeah. will do for someone who's struggling. Yeah, 100%. And, and you know, there's also, I always talk about, um, there's a little bit, sometimes you can look at kindness from a little bit selfish level. And that's okay too. I really don't care. There's so much for you in this act sure. of kindness you do too it's it's two-way street you're not helping only that person but you are also uh, you know helping uh, helping yourself and and i don't believe i you know i read some research on kindness uh, from uh, some phd professor in <laughs> in los angeles and i'm not going to be you know going to against uh, this with my little bachelor degree but <laughs> it's kind of like with working out you know 
if you start working out because you want to lose weight, not because you want to feel good, and as a bypass, as a byproduct, you start feeling good and you start actually liking it and you start working out not to lose weight, but because you feel good and it actually, you know, does wonders for your body, yeah. you know, it's, it's the same with kindness. I don't care what is the reason. Um, if you do it, there is just so much goodness on both ends that... Um, why you starting doing some cool and good stuff doesn't really matter um, yeah. at, at the end because it is addictive it is a domino effect it is contagious and uh, and uh, and that's and that's just amazing yeah it really is a, that's why i'm trying to share that message and we actually um we created a unique hashtag, which is pay it footward, uh, yeah. which is meant to be a play on, you know, giving socks is really helping people. And so we we're encouraging people that are asking for their donation socks to ship out with their order to share on social media using that unique hashtag to open other people's eyes to giving and what it feels like to give. And maybe if they're uncomfortable and they see their friend doing it and having such a great experience they may want to try it so it's really yeah. a community effort to um spread kindness and and help people um you know reduce the intimidation factor and just mm-hmm. go for it um, yeah. because nine times out of ten the experience is amazing and they're going to want to do it again yeah um, so it's really just jumping on that bandwagon yeah and we really should ask uh, ourselves like why it is so uncomfortable is it so uncomfortable because you are uh, introverted is it so uncomfortable because you may hear that there is a human being on the other side that is not that far from you and his story or her story is not that far for you is it uncomfortable because it makes you feel how grateful you should be for your life and uh, how much you really have and it may prompt you to even do more stuff like that all those reasons sure. reasons of you being uncomfortable are actually good things for you so really digging off why why there is this discomfort it's uh, it's very interesting and important because uh, by end of the day it looks like it may be all things that may push you forward and make you you know overall better human being To me, actually, as you're saying this, I'm realizing this in my head for the first time. I think it's made me uncomfortable that I have been so fortunate in my life and why me and why did I get this opportunity and other people didn't. And so because of that, I feel an added responsibility to give back because I've you know, I should be grateful and am grateful for what I have. So I don't want to take that for granted by just ignoring that others do not have that. Yeah. And so I think that that's the ticket actually for me is, you know, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with having had all these opportunities in life. Yes, um, I had the same thing, you know, when I did the, the cooking and, and also volunteering at the elder uh, facility with my dog, I just, it just each time brought up in me more like holy shit I'm so fortunate I have so much in my life and even you know I can compare myself to somebody who has even better it doesn't matter at this point where I am I have to do more like I I do have to because I can because I need to and because it's right thing to do so I'm on the same boat as you can I ask you a question 
more on the business side. Sure. And if you don't want to share, please say so. Uh, but, you know, I started my company and we we are planting trees. It's something that is very dear to my heart, very important. I became obsessed with it. But being honest with you, as a startup, it's hard for me to do one-to-one model at this point. So we mm-hmm. do 10 uh, products sold, one tree uh, planted. That's how we set it up with our partner. And that's what just I can do at this point because mm-hmm. I also have to think about, you know, reinvesting some of the money I make. Everything goes back to grow things. Um, how does it work with your socks? Like, how were you able, and again, we don't have to go to the, <laughs> your financial details, but how do you make it work? And honestly, it's just my curiosity as somebody who is this element of charity is also important um, uh, and would love to understand that. So um, right now my model is such that I've partnered with different sock brands that already exist in the marketplace so I don't manufacture myself at the moment to incorporate the uh, social give back component. So I work with brands that are well-known sock brands and uh, you know I incorporate the donation sock into that model. Uh, it was very important for me early on to never, you know, have anyone uh, be under the assumption that they're being charged for the, the donation pair because they're not. Um, yeah, because so I was looking at your side. The the prices, that's why my question, curiosity comes yeah. in because I was like, those prices are the prices that I'm regularly paying for socks. So I'm like, how is Marisa doing it? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, any of the sock brands that we carry, you'll see at other retailers for the exact same retail price, um, but without the give back component. Uh, I've been very fortunate to have very good relationships with some of the suppliers where I was able to negotiate, um, you know, a better cost or whatnot to be able to have this model go forward. I also, I'm not sure if you saw, but we are piloting the first charitable sock vending machine. Yeah, Yeah. it's a good opportunity for some of these brands to get exposure in areas of the city where they wouldn't have uh, stores selling their product. Like A-Ports. Oh, my God. Airports, uh, universities, malls. Right now, it's in a mall. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for me, that was a really fun slash stressful project. Yeah. Uh, because there was a lot that went into it. And I definitely uh, was outside of my wheelhouse in terms of planning and orchestrating that. Um But what I love and what's so interesting to me about it is I think that vending is a really interesting sort of non-traditional retail format that is sort of the way of the future. And, you know, you see it a lot overseas um, with all kinds of different products. So I thought, you know, it would be a fun way to be able to sell socks. But then what excites me even more than that is that it's the first at least from my perspective, the first time I've seen it be used in a charitable way. Um, So basically, you know, we have a plexiglass donation box attached to the side of the vending machine. So when you buy a pair of socks out of the machine, a second pair will drop from a different spot in the machine and you have the choice. It's basically the honor system. Mm -hmm. So it's meant to empower the consumer to do the right thing. At the end of the day, you have three options. You can take the pair of socks away with you, the extra pair, and give it face-to-face. I often keep them in the backseat of my car when I'm driving around and I see someone who's homeless, I'll give them a pair of socks. 
you can deposit it on site to the donation box that's attached to the side and then it goes to one of our partner charities or you can take the socks home with you and nobody is judging nobody's encouraging that but at the end of the day it's your choice The, the consumer is empowered by the option and so that's what the vending machine is all about and the idea is to um, have vending machines in different locations. Right now, there's just one. I'm piloting it. Um, but uh, once COVID is over, hopefully, you know, we can better assess the success of the model and roll it out to, to additional locations. That's the yeah. plan. I love that. Um, this is such a great idea. I think airport would be such a great place because it's like some, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, and I forget socks because I usually don't wear socks. But for some reason, when I fly, I like to take my shoes off and I want to have socks. And they used to give, remember this time? Mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't say it because it means I'm so old. <laughs> they used to give the covers for eyes and the socks, which is yeah. such an awesome thing. Uh, so, and I love one thing that you bring up and it's something that actually I was just chatted here uh, with um, with a team from One Tree Planted that was my guest uh, on the episode before is that it's a crucial thing for any company and what you are doing is just nailing it is making the charity element not only you know organic to core of the company and brands but also easy there's nowhere to be said that being charitable, being sustainable, being better for each other or the planet needs to be difficult. And for example, you know, with you, this element of like, okay, you can uh, donate the socks when you order via us, you can take them, there are options which make mm-hmm. it easy, right? Because somebody would be like, I want to give the socks and the other person would be like, no, 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 I have what you said, right? No confidence. Yeah. yeah. Which is amazing, giving an option. Then the vending machine, like obviously at any point, whenever you see it, you can be, you do, can do something good in the world. Love that. Again, providing you an option. And just like with One Tree Planted, you know, one dollar, one tree, and the same thing I'm doing with my company, you don't even have to think about it. Each bag is a tree, each bag is uh, uh, carbon offsetted. So you also don't have to think about offsetting your shipment, making this element easy to be a better person, to be you know contributing. I think it's so, so important and the way to go, because why not? Like why it has to be a hassle, why it has to be difficult. Like we have yeah. also have to make it easy because pe- more people will do it, you know? For sure. <laughs> and there's that and it's kind of like you said before with working out, you're training people and then eventually it'll become natural to them. They won't have to need it to be easy. It'll be built in for them to be yeah. kind, to want to give back. But at the beginning, it already is, right? Like the the research shows 70% of people are more willing to buy something when there is this charitable, sustainable element for it. And I'm just getting so always wrapped up and upset with people who are like, oh, it's just so trendy. And it's like, yes, this is trendy. And it's actually a good trend that we should support. We should talk about, we should promote. And, you know, like all the trends we had in the past, you know, fat-free, sugar-free, whatever, you know, this trend is actually a good one that um that should be supported and talked about and 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 not bashed so i love this element of ease you are guys creating because um i think it's just so important and we are you know that's why we are so smart as a species because we are we like to comfort you know that's why we invented so many 
things to make our life easier because we like that and our brains work like that and there's nothing wrong with that that you want to have easier you know me as a working mom and somebody who's building company right now it's like oh my god if the company provides me any easier way for me to be a better person i'm just saying thanks god because it's just taking one thing of my plate that i really would love to do but i may not be able because i have kids i have company i need to you know run my house and you're busy yeah exactly exactly you got it you got it for sure Oh my God, I really love our conversation, but I don't want to keep you forever here. But I have all, uh, another question that I always, uh, besides asking you, uh, where can we find you? And if there's anything specific uh, that is happening with your company, you want to share. But before that, I want to ask, um, I always learn from people, obviously from my guests, especially. So is there is anything that lately inspires you or helps you run your business, uh, an app, a podcast, a book, uh, something that really, uh, uh, you know, like I said, helps you run your business or your life or inspires you. Um, I love, I always learn about like a podcast or a book I have to read from my guests. So if you have anything to share, for sure, yeah. Um, well, I uh, I'm I'm very big into you know self help books, and I love oh Brene God. Brown. And um, <laughs> no, but I think I, I read a quote recently that really taught me or reminds me every time I'm in like an entrepreneurial struggle, and that is uh, one of the biggest challenges as an entrepreneur, especially when you're just getting off on your feet is I think, um, you know, asking too many people for advice or asking the wrong people for advice. You know, often we look to our family and friends for support because we're just getting off the ground. We want their opinion. But uh, I read a quote by Glennon Doyle. I don't know if you know who that is. I know. It was, uh, what is it, Love Warrior? She wrote, yeah, yeah, exactly. So she, she said in her most recent book, stop asking for directions from people for places that they've never been. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was constantly looking for affirmation and um, like support and, and validation from my family and friends, which wasn't always there. And then I was getting discouraged by that. But I don't think that they always understood the entrepreneurial journey they weren't entrepreneurs themselves and so you know it's it's difficult to try and communicate something like this it's a very personal journey uh sorry it's starting to rain very heavily here i'm not sure if you hear that in the background but um i can hear you i think i think it's important to as an entrepreneur have a really strong network of other entrepreneurs to lean on because it can be a very lonely journey if you're isolated and on your own. And if you don't surround yourself with the right people to lift you up, you know, it's almost destined to fail because if you let sort of the little voices on your shoulders pipe in too much, um, it can discourage you from moving forward. And there are so many obstacles along the way. So the more you can sort of shut out the noise and focus on the task at hand and surround yourself with a really strong network, the better you will be as an entrepreneur. Oh my God, I love it, Marisa. I think it's, you know, I saw 
resonate with that. I, again, like just like you, uh, I was always, you know, not only people pleaser, but always looking for acceptance from others, which stands from my childhood experiences. And that acceptance was also, you know, uh, manifesting and like asking for advice. And, and like you said, and like Lennon said, it's some people never been there. They don't understand what you want to achieve. And then you ask for advice and you are surprised when somebody's talking through their fears and their projections sure. and their blockages. And they're saying like, what the heck are you doing? Like I had so many situations like this. And, and I think it's something so important you were saying is it's, it can be very discouraging. It, it can be, you know, if you hear that the thing you were thinking about, it's crazy or you are crazy or you should be doing this and that at this stage From the stage people of that life. you love the most. Right? right? And it's like, and all those are important opinions. So... Yeah. I personally, I, I'm so glad you brought this point because I personally, like, I literally had to remove some friends from my life who were, it was so hard for me because I'm a social lawyer person and it was the hardest thing I had to do really in this journey to not be in contact so much because of that fact and and not asking those questions and not even spend time because it was discouraging it was something that uh, brought me down versus build me up so it's such an important uh, important point and just one thing I want to add to it is that throughout the journey I don't know how about you Marissa but I have learned the most important lesson in life is to actually, instead of going outside and asking others questions, I'm not saying not to learn, you know, I read books daily, I read several books a month, I want to learn, there's so much knowledge to to acquire and to understand and to help you bring this vision of yours together, but I learned that asking yourself, like really sometimes when you don't know, give it a day, think about it and just really putting the question that you wanted to put to somebody else and ask for their opinion approval just really sit with you because you are on your own journey journey creator and you know you are the only person to really know how to bring to life the vision you have so i think that's the other element i would add to it to really go back to yourself and sit with your guts and ask your heart and, and your soul and be like hey what is the best solution it may not be answers like this for sure trust me those answers are coming this or the other way and you will know that that that's the the thing you are asking and, and you are your best advisor i feel like yes i totally agree yeah thank you that was an awesome quote i'll uh link everything we talked about um definitely on company but is there is anything uh, that is happening besides the vending machine which is in Toronto right yes that's right yeah uh, but is there anything else I will link definitely the um, the you know all the social media and your website for people to buy socks and give socks but is there anything else um, well the only other thing I didn't mention so far is um, we have our sock bouquets so we started uh, launched launched them for Valentine's Day and they were such a success oh my god that's the cutest thing ever for Mother's Day and Father's Day oh my gosh so uh, oh, and that's so, okay 
And so um, for Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthdays, graduations, if you're looking for a unique gift idea that gives back, we're doing sock bouquets. So that would be, you can either have them customized with the socks that you want, or we can preset an assortment for you. Um, we'll oh, have yeah, that's ladies so ladies. cute. My, my husband is going to get a sock bouquet mm. soon. <laughs> I seriously, he's just like, I should show you, like, we have the craziest socks ever. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I yeah. love that idea. That is such a great idea. Not only you have the funky present, but you also are giving back. That's really For great. Sure. Yeah, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Right? Um, such a great conversation, Marisa. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. It was an honor to have you here. I'm so glad that we connected. Me and, too. Uh, and, you know, without any prep, sometimes it's like the best conversations ever. You know, we just get to know each other as we go. Um, and again, such an honor to talk to you and like such a beautiful thing you're doing. I'm really so impressed. I'm I'm going to put your socks on my other website where I have all kind of charitable stuff. And um, yeah, and we'll, I hope we'll stay in touch. Yes, that would be amazing. And thank you so much. And it's really inspiring what you're doing. You're bringing all these important companies to the, you know, the spotlight, which is, you know, exposure and, um, you know, letting people know that we're there is just equally important so i really appreciate uh, i feel so lucky doing that and i have the opportunity to talk to so many great and interesting people like you sure. so it's like for me it's just um equally or even more amazing thanks marissa so much what a story right guys what can i say Let's just go and buy some socks and give away the other one that we get from stock footage. Thank you, Marisa Chef, for this conversation. So inspiring. I'm so honored to have you um, on and I hope you are guys as inspired and amazed as I am. Until the next time, love and light. 